episode 131 of Australia's number one marketing show. You thought email marketing was dead? Are you kidding? Today's guest explains why it isn't and how you can use it to grow your business. This guy absolutely loves it. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reid. G'day, everyone, and welcome back to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. I am your host, Timbo Reid. You right there, much more importantly, are a motivated small business owner who wants to crank out some great marketing and grow their business. And we are brought to you by someone who can help both of us, and that is NetRegistry, the very, very good folks at NetRegistry, who are basically there to get our online businesses sorted. Domain name registration, website hosting, website design and development, pay-per-click advertising, you name it. They are there to help get your online marketing sorted. Go and make contact with them through the smallbusinessbigmarketing.com website. There is a net registry banner right there or go directly. I don't care. Netregistry.com.au. Big, big show today. Welcome everyone from the Flying Solo community too, because I know how much you loved last week's episode where I interviewed your fearless leader, Robert Gerrish, about how on earth he built a community of 56,000 solopreneurs. No mean feat. And he took us behind the golden curtain as to how he did that. Is the golden curtain actually a phrase? I don't think it is, but it sounded good. Sounded a little bit naughty as well, but... Yeah, anyway, we'll leave that and move on. Hey, um, I'm off to Launceston tomorrow, down Tassie Way, V8 Supercars. As a guest, though, of Microsoft. So I get this email a couple of weeks ago that says, Dear Timbo, as an authoritative voice on business in Australia, I wanted to touch base with you regarding an exciting opportunity. And it went on to say, we'd like you to be our guest at the V8 Supercars, where Microsoft are going to launch this thing called Office 365. And the V8 Supercar teams are using it, and we're going to learn all about how to do it. What I think is really interesting is they're inviting podcasters, they're inviting bloggers, as well as the general broader media. Hallelujah. We have been recognized. This content marketing stuff works. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to sharing some of the insights as to how they go about marketing. Possibly may get an interview with a Microsoft marketing person, sponsorship person, and or a V8 supercar sponsorship person, because I think we can always learn from the top end of town as well, us small business owners in regards to marketing. So a little bit more on that in episodes to come. Uh, I head down there tomorrow. Guys, thank you so much for joining the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, those of you who have. There's some great discussion. I just love the fact, I think I'll probably put together a dedicated episode about some of the stuff that we're talking about in there because, look, it's just a lot of fun connecting with you, the listeners, on a daily basis. I'm in there every day. There's been discussion around QR codes, people are sharing productivity tools that they use to get their marketing cranked. I give a lot of feedback. People are saying, hey, what do you think about this website page or this brochure or this ad? And I record little short videos providing feedback on that. Other listeners, other members are providing feedback to other members' marketing as well. Just a lot of good discussion. Guys, it's 49 big ones, hey? 
more expensive than a cup of coffee, cheaper than a slab of beer. It's 49 big ones a month, and um, you can go and join by visiting smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and clicking on the forum button or the products page, and you will be connected immediately. Now, today's guest, the big topic that is hot, 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 email marketing. I'll tell you why it's hot, because when I said I was interviewing one of Australia's leading email marketing experts, uh, I put it on my Facebook, on the show's Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and I got 30 plus responses with listeners suggesting questions that I should ask my guest. It's a hot topic. My guest is Shane Tilley. He is an email marketing expert. The way I found Shane was um, I kind of put it out there and my old mate Lukey, remember Lukey from episode one to 80, it was the Timbo and Lukey show. Well, Lukey says, I said, Lukey, who's the email marketing guy going around? Because Lukey's in the know, he knows that type of stuff. He said, Shane, you got to talk to Shane. He used to be the marketing manager for SitePoint, which is a very large web and publishing community. They had a massive list and Shane spent a great deal of his time perfecting the copy, the offers, the formats of the emails, everything email related. In fact, one of his Christmas campaigns generated about $500,000 in sales. Hello from one email. Happy days. Um, I then contacted Shane. He says he's happy to come on the show. Um, and he talks, and I said, well, okay, well, give me a little bit of a sense of your biography, Shane. And he says, okay, well, I actually partner with a small group of people to help turn their ideas into real online businesses. Now, the names he mentions, and I won't mention them because I don't know whether he wants me to, they are heavy hitters, guys. They are the the Rolls Royce kind of on the online business community. Shane works with them across all facets of doing business online, but he says, my love for email is driven by the fact that it is still today the most powerful sales channel I can leverage in every single product launch and campaign he does by a long way, exclamation mark. Shane loves email marketing, let me tell you. He loves it. He gets excited by it. He gets as excited about email marketing as I do about this show, Small Business Big Marketing, and helping you improve your marketing. So this is a good thing. This is a marriage made in heaven. Here's some of the stuff that Shane and I cover in this interview, which goes for about 55 minutes, guys. I'm sorry, but... It's just dripping with marketing gold. I know you're going to love it. I know it's long, but hey, you know, there is that pause button. But we cover why is email marketing still valid? Why do businesses get it wrong? Why do so many businesses get it wrong? Is it suited to particular types of businesses? What are the must-haves in order to have a successful email marketing campaign? How do you build a list? And then the gold, the gold, guys. He breaks down an email. He talks about compelling headlines, the content within the email. Should it be long or short or whatever it should be? HTML versus text. How many topics? How many links? What the layout looks like? Video, audio, frequency. Oh man, we cover some serious email marketing ground. So I would really suggest that you get a pen and paper ready. Probably a stiff drink too, because there is a lot of information here. I will see you on the other side. Here is a guy who is in love with email marketing, Shane Tilly. Oh, sorry, not just yet. By the way, Shane is going to answer every listener question he didn't answer in this interview. 
He is going to answer, and I'm going to put it into the Small Business Big Marketing Forum. Plus, he has offered to have a look over my shoulder at the Small Business Big Marketing's approach to email marketing and give me some advice and tips and tricks, which I'm going to record like I did with the Pinterest guy, Jason Miles, and that training is also going to appear in the Small Business Big Marketing Forum. Okay, okay, I promise this time, here is Shane Tilley. Shane Tilly from shanetilly.com, welcome to Small Business Big Marketing. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Now, mate, I'm going to start with the Captain Obvious question. What is email marketing? Well, email marketing is, is simply a direct form of marketing. So you can think of it no different to um, a brochure or a print newsletter or a memo or a fax. Um, it's just a a different channel, which is obviously leveraging um, something that the majority of people have email to communicate directly with your prospects, customers, or community. I tell you what, whatever it is, it's an incredibly hot topic. You know, like I posted on Facebook last night, like literally 12 hours ago saying, I'm interviewing an email marketing expert. What are your questions? I've got 21 questions sitting there. I've got about five sitting on LinkedIn. I haven't even checked Twitter. So I'm reckoning within 12 hours, like that's, I've got 30 plus questions just from listeners alone, much less what I've got. I'm sure we'll cover, certainly what, let's cover what I've got here because I think we'll cover off a lot of what listeners are asking anyway. Now, that's good. Now, given social media and the plethora of email we receive already, in our inbox, we've all got inbox, there must be a word for it, inbox fear. Um, I call it inbox fatigue. <laughs> inbox fatigue. Why is email marketing still a valid form of marketing? Look, um, I I say, and it's the old, is email dead mantra, and, and there's kind of two, two uh, streams or two thoughts I look at that. The first is, well... Uh, email often gets compared to social media. So, you know, you mentioned Twitter, LinkedIn, all those exciting frontiers. Um, and and they're going to, to be the death knoll for email. And, um, you know, to a degree, I think there's a bit of an excitement factor still about social media that it's new and interesting and something that um, us marketers can get a little bit excited about. Um, but when push comes to shove... Um, email, um, and particularly my experience, is still, um, from a performance standpoint, miles ahead of social media. It's just um, not as exciting, I would say. Um, the second part of that, and I'm actually going to ask you a couple of questions um, Here we just go. to prove that, that email marketing is still relevant. Uh, when was the last time you checked your email, Tim? Uh, you're bringing up, you're bringing up, I'm going to get all emotional (laughs) five minutes ago, you know, like it's the bane of my life. Exactly. And um, second to that, um, what did you check it on? My MacBook. Oh, your MacBook. Do you have a- Was that a leading question? That was a leading question. I was hoping it was your phone. So that just shows that email's changing, um, but still very relevant. The, um, The next question is how many people do you know that have email but are not on social media? Um. Again, leading question, but everyone I know has got email. I yep. just don't know what their social media activity yeah. is. But yep. that that gap would be closing, though. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I think even um, the gap is increasing of people who have social media and not email, uh, but I still think we've got a long, long way before that's the case. So, you know, if you can position yourself in people's inboxes, you're still um, reaching a very vast and large audience. So um, that to me suggests that, that email is um, a long way from being dead. Um, you know, same way I still, you know, I still have a telephone. It's, it's, it exists. I don't use it very often, but, you know, it's still relevant. Is there an element of um, when everyone else is shouting whisper? So, I mean, could you say that email, oh, my email's no, no quieter these days than it was five years ago, I must say, but, you know, if everyone is shouting on social media, mm-hmm. has that provided an opportunity for email marketing? Yeah, and um, it's changed, I guess, the, the approach we take with email and it's very much brought uh, personalization to the to the for, for, forefront. So um, I've got a, a much more intimate relationship potential with you in the inbox because it's typically where you have um, you know, longer conversations and they're not, you know, a whole bunch of people shouting and trying to, you know, be the centre of attention. I can actually say, hey, Tim, um, we've just got this exciting piece of news that um, because you've done X, Y, Z with us before, I thought you'd be really keen to know a bit more about and here it is. That's much more intimate and personal than I can ever hope to achieve with something like Twitter or um, Facebook in some ways you can, but it's a little bit more different difficult so it's interesting i mean uh i get that in a sense mm-hmm. i've never thought of, of email as intimate although now that you've mentioned it I, I i could argue for that being the case but facebook's pretty in i suppose the word's engaging twitter's not engaging twitter's broadcast you know yep. i'm yep. I don't know. Find me a Twitter expert, will you? But uh, Facebook's engaging. It is conversational. Um, I mean, to be able to – so that intimacy of email, tell me more about that. Yeah, so is it, uh, So Facebook, you said conversational. Perfect way to describe that. Um, but is it action-orientated? So if I mm. want to have a conversation that results in you doing something – um, is Facebook the best place for me to do that? Particularly if it's about buying something from me mm. or transacting, um, where email is is it, I've got an ability to shape that into an action. I can give you um, a whole bunch of contextual information, then say, "Hey, would you like to do something?" And I find that email is um, a little bit more um, powerful in in that than perhaps Facebook. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Facebook, but. I'll, um, I'll give you a bit of a story. It's actually quite relevant. It happened mm. about 3, 3.30 this morning. Um, we launched a, a new product, um, a brand new product, and we had a an email base of about 750,000 and we have a social media following across various channels of I'd say well over um, 500,000 sort of pushing that similar three-quarters of a million. Um, and we... Uh, shared the news of this new um, product with that audience and 90 plus percent of the activity that's come to that site has been driven from email, not from social media. Yeah, so I mean, they're, they're real real statistics that are still playing out as we speak. I've probably still got sales coming in um, and I'd say nine out of 10 of them are coming via email. Now, you're talking about the ability for email to be more intimate, to be mm-hmm. able to share more. Mm-hmm. Um that's like a website. Like, for example, a website is a place where you can put the most amount of information about your business because mm-hmm. by nature they're infinite, yeah? Yep, yep. And likewise, an email is potentially infinite. There's no there's no limit to the amount of words, pictures, content you can put within an email. Yes. That well, doesn't 
well, yes, within reason. Within reason. With email providers, we'll put limits on what people can okay. receive and and send. So there is broader confinement. But okay, but it doesn't it doesn't make it. Uh, it doesn't mean you should, no. and you've still got to get people to open those emails and 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 engage with them and react to them and do what you want to with them. So look, I guess that yep. we'll talk about that. So interesting, interesting discussion. Um, you're all for you still believe email is by far and away outstrips social media as as a small business marketing tool. In fact, you'd go as far as to say that it's right up there as you know kind of a leading marketing tool that if you get right a small business can really benefit from. Absolutely. And it's about, um, you know, direct impact to the bottom line as well. So okay. uh, social media is great for connecting, engaging, but when you need to uh, pay the bills, um, that's where email is still a mile front in my in my mind. Okay. Well, I want, I want to get to the point, Shane, where we actually d- dissect what mm-hmm. we need in order to create fantastic email marketing, but mm-hmm. I am interested to understand why are so many small businesses getting their email marketing wrong or at least not right? Why are they still so disappointed, disillusioned, disenfranchised from it? I think um, because a lot of it on the surface looks very hard and feels very hard uh, and there's a a little, uh, I guess, mountain to climb. I'll call it a small mountain, but there's a little work to be done up front to get yourself a hill, a hill. We'll call it a mogul (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, just to get yourself set up properly and once you do that, then the rest just becomes so much, um, uh, so much easier. Uh, and I think once businesses get over that initial um, little hill, then um, the downward side of that just can continue to pay off for um, a long, long time. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of small business owners and and things like trying to use Outlook as your email marketing platform kind of horrifies me. Uh, Um, But I'd say um, more than you may suspect are still using that because they might have started their email list with, you know, 10, 20, 30 people and over time that's grown to 50 and 100 and they're comfortable using Outlook as their email um, platform um, and haven't yet made that transition to something that's actually built for purpose. It's built to be an email marketing platform Mm -hmm. and they don't cost the earth either. Um, They're Mm -hmm. quite cheap. So that's really... Um, one of the first mistakes I see a lot of small businesses make is is trying to use a system that's not built for purpose. Um, the second kind of part to that is um, is around the strategy. So email, and, I, and we've spoken about the intimacy before and the relationship that you can build via the inbox, um, but what I see a lot of small businesses doing is purely going a take approach to their content plan. Um, I very much, in a relationship standpoint, work on a give-give-take approach. So I'm going to give my readers two things before I ask them to do something. So it might be um, a, a, a giveaway, it might be something interesting or a piece of content bef- before I'll ask them to buy something. So is that, can I be as literal as saying, is that three emails? Yes, correct. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of specific stuff. I'm not sure if you wanted to dig down to that, but we will. Um, we will. We will. Uh, not not just yet. Not just but yet. Definitely. I'll stop. Definitely. I'll stop. I get a little excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. I mean, hey, <laughs> I love a guy who gets excited about email. Yes, and yes. Um, and say hello to your wife because she's clearly <laughs> like uh, going, "Come on, Shane, let it go for a minute, mate." She's my proofreader. She loves it just as much <laughs> as me. Crazy relationship. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. So we, they are. They're getting it wrong. So what the, the reason, and I'll, I'll say we, because sometimes I look at my email strategy and go, gee, you know, <laughs> yep. we was hoping for more. Yep. Um, we took, it's, there's tools. There's the mogul. They've yes. got to recognise that there is a mogul yes. and that once they get over that by setting themselves up, like anything, like, you know, I go in and do a podcast. If, if, if my microphone's in place, if I've got Skype open, if I've got Skype call recorder, yep. I've got my guest, then it's literally walk up to the seat, hit record and happy days. Yeah, you know? so, so how far, how hard did that feel the first time you put a podcast together? Unbelievably hard. Exactly, and the same is with your email campaigns. Cool. Okay, so we're going to we're gonna work on getting over, over that mogul. Mm-hmm. Um before we do that, let's just be clear, is, is email marketing suited to a particular type of business? You spend a lot of time in an online world. Mm-hmm. My listeners, are a lot of them are offline. You know, is it suited to any business? I ha- I think it's suited to every business. Or I've yet to find one that we couldn't find some sort of value from running email marketing. And I'm going to tell you a very quick but very cool story about a butcher. Um, it was a butcher that a friend of mine stumbled across many, many years ago. So we're talking five plus years ago. Um, and he went to this butcher and bought um, a particular cut of meat. I can't remember what it was. And the butcher said, would you like to sign up to our email newsletter? And this guy's a bit of an online marketer as well. And that immediately got his attention. I mean, a butcher signing up to yeah. an email newsletter. Um And he said, sure, he just wanted to see what would happen, didn't expect much. What had actually happened is by the time he got home, which was about 15 or 20 minutes, he'd received an email from that butcher with a handful of suggested recipes for the actual cut of meat that he got. Oh, And he was like, wow, this is brilliant. Now that... Um, that guy has been uh, off the back of that is now 100% loyal to that butcher and has been going there for the last five years. So that just shows you how a butcher, a small butcher can leverage email marketing to, to great effect. So now you know, that, that's a, I love a good story. Yeah. And that is, that is a good story. You don't know that butcher. I would love to dissect that a little further. Do you reckon? Well, do you know the butcher? Have you made contact with him? I, I haven't. I just okay. tell, tell his story to that, lots that's of people, cool. but yeah. Uh, uh, do you reckon that butcher has got? 10 different sets of copy depending on whether someone buys the bratwurst, the lamb chop, or the porterhouse? Correct. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that's clever. email template ready to go for the different cuts of meat. Now, subsequent after that first initial personalised email, um, he rolled into the standard newsletter which went to everyone, mm-hmm. but just that very first introduction was completely relevant to what had just happened inside the, um, inside the butcher. Then I now wonder how did that butcher – come across that idea as he got a mate in marketing does he uh did he think did he come up with the idea himself i mean it's brilliant and you it's the the least if you had said to me what type of business would you least expect to have nailed email marketing i'd go clearly a butcher show yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's a great example but you can (laughs) see it's a very a very simple but very effective um, execution from a very bricks and mortar business. So that's where I say um, with a bit of thought, um, you know, just about every business can get some value from some sort of email marketing. Okay. Love it. All right, mate. The mogul's in front of us. In fact, I reckon you've underestimated it. It's either a very big mogul or it's a series. It's a bit of a run. Yep. Um, but let's get over them because I think that is exciting uh, and clearly you're excited and you've got me excited. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. <laughs> So okay. 
I'm guessing there's some must-haves yes. in order to successfully use email marketing as a marketing strategy in your business. What yes. are they? I'm going to start with the platform first. So I think I've, me- I've mentioned it before, but go and find a good platform that's built to be an email marketing system. Now, there's a couple of great ones that um, are in, uh, in great news are free to get started on. So um, there's one called Campaign Monitor, um, which is a good Australian company up in Sydney. Uh, and they'll let you, uh, I think it's up to 2,000 subscribers, let you run your programs for free. Uh, the other is MailChimp, um, which are very similar to Campaign Monitor. The beautiful thing about both of these two applications is they are so easy to use. You'll find um, it might take an hour to get everything set up and ready to go. They're just absolutely elegant in the way they um uh, empower pe- non-technical people to really mm-hmm. get up to speed very quickly um, and, you know, are free to start. Um, there's there's uh, a heap more that are cheaper. There's Aweber, um, which, you know, is great if you're sending lots of emails to lots of people. Um, that's the one I used uh, last night um, because the the more uh, emails you sent, the higher the price could go and they represent value for money but aren't as usable. So I would say um, really... Uh, look at, at either Campaign Monitor or MailChimp as your first port of call. Um, once you start to get in the tens, twenties, thirties of thousands of subscribers, that's where you might want to, um, you know, look somewhere else. And I have so just just for the great unwashed Shane, yeah. what is what what does one expect from an email marketing system like a Campaign Monitor or okay. MailChimp? Yeah, so it will it will house all your email addresses, so all your customer email addresses for you. Um, it will be the place where you will create your campaigns and put your your content, so the emails you want to send to people, and then they'll actually take care of the of the distribution, um, which is often um, uh, not thought of or a great value not put on because um, these email marketing companies are there to make sure that you get caught in the fewest number of um, spam filters as possible. So they have teams of people who are working with the Gmails, the Hotmails of the world, making sure that emails coming from their clients are still getting through um, as much as possible. So, Well, that's wow, that's what you're paying for right there. Exactly, exactly. And um, suffice to say that when you're getting started, you're not paying at all. You're getting that yeah. for free. So yeah. um, that's even, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Now, can we say too that within all those three systems you mentioned that you have the ability to do what we call broadcast email, which is, huh, want to send an email right now, type, 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 send, Mm -hmm. off goes to your list. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also have the ability to schedule for emails to go out over the course of however long you choose, yeah. weeks, days, weeks, years. Yeah, so I could, um, and you're getting into more the sophisticated level of email marketing there, but you can use what we call auto- I just didn't want you to get bored, mate. I know oh. how much you love it, and I just wanted to sort of take you into yeah. the Lambo kind of area. Right. I'm yeah. going to pull you back quickly, though. Oh, damn it. Uh, okay, so there's <laughs> so there's two advanced techniques. One is um, action-based um response. So if I send you uh, a newsletter about, let's use the butcher example, about different cuts of meat, and I see you click on the roast beef, I can very quickly, um, a day or two later, send you a special deal on roast beef because I know you like that. Um, the other one is to have an autoresponder sequence. So I might take you a jur- on a journey over a half a dozen emails across a three-month period, um, which might be um, give, give, take, give, give, take. So it's using that approach and that you, that is all set and forget. So as soon as you subscribe to that 
Um, autoresponder, the system will just take care of, of sending out the things I've asked it to at the intervals I've asked it to do. Um, but again, you know, that's that's kind of getting out there on the edge of of, um, of your email marketing strategy. Yeah. E- email wackiness. Yes. All right, mate. The, the mogul is getting a tad smaller. We've yep. got the platform. Mm-hmm. Next. Okay, then you need to start filling it with email addresses, obviously. So a list. Uh, a list. You need to start building your list. And, you know, the the best email marketing plan in the world is going to be useless if you don't actually have people to send it to. Uh, so, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of different techniques about building your subscriber list. Obviously, we want... Um, we first and foremost want people to know they're going on the list. I see a lot of... Um, people who might email me randomly with a question that I'll respond to, uh, I'll all of a sudden be part of their email list and it's a bit of a shock. So I, I see that as a bit of a no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure people know that they are subscribing um, and you can give them incentives to do so as well. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners have um, websites. Well, are you um, offering... Uh, an incentive for someone to sign up to new, to your newsletter, for example. Give them a reason to. They're not just going to do it because they feel like it. You actually have to encourage them somehow. So, so this is this is classic. So just so we're clear here: the emails, yep. the email marketing system, like your campaign monitor, is get. And this is where I do think it gets technical. And this is where I do think the small business owner kind of melts down and goes, "Okay, yep. well, yep. I see those forms on other people's websites that yep. ask for my email address and." In exchange, they're going to give me something. So give, give, get. Um, yep. Geez, how do I get that form and, and how do I set all that up? So um, this is the beautiful um, side of, of, of Campaign Monitor and MailChimp. Um, it, it's, it's one sentence, basically, that you need to put on your website and the rest all just happens magically. So um, <laughs> it's if, if you can build a, a Word document or you can do a spreadsheet, um you can bug me. Uh, I'll just go he for ticky if you can't set up a form on your website. He for ticky. Yeah, <laughs> you've never heard that one. No, I haven't. It's a the, good one, though. the other thing you can do um, is, and this is a, a an interesting site itself, is um, a site like tweaky.com. So you can pay someone on Tweaky forty bucks, and they'll probably do that all for you. Mm-hmm. What's Tweaky? It's a, um, a crowdsource marketplace to get small changes done to your site. So oh, clever. you might, um, yeah, I just want a subscriber box um, put here. Uh, you pay someone, yeah, maybe 40 bucks and that'll all get just done for you, um, which is all managed by the, the Tweaky guys. T-W-E-K-Y.com, Tweaky. Love yeah. Love a, love, a, love, a, love a little website like that. Righto. Yeah. So, um We've got the form. Um, well, that's that's one way of building a list too. By the way, it's having the form on the website. It's you know meeting people at a networking function, mm-hmm. get it, receiving a card saying, "Hey, do you mind if I put you on my list?" All that stuff. Yeah, it's that entire address book in our Outlook or our Gmail. Mm-hmm. You know, what about that? Can we yeah. pick that up? I mean, that's where you start to get a bit messy because you pick that up and drop it into Campaign Monitor. Yep. All of a sudden, a whole lot of people are going to get emails that may have not previously expected those emails, correct? Yeah, exactly. So that's where I say make sure people know that they're going on there. And you may even want to personally send them an invitation to your to your newsletter. It's like, hey, um, you know, I just wanted to let you know I have this newsletter that I'd love you to be a part of. Um, 
you know, click this link to either opt in or opt out. That that might be, you know, a, depending on what approach you wanted to take. So you can take your whole your whole Outlook calendar, shoot them an email and say, we're starting this email newsletter or, you know, whatever you're starting and then, you know, get them to opt in so they actually know. Um, yep. But absolutely. So um, uh, we need to probably, uh, it's worth just touching on um, opt-ins as well. So we've mm-hmm. got some spam rules in Australia that we need to um, abide by. So there's... Um, informed and explicit, explicit and implicit consent um, to be able to send people emails. Uh, so if you're if you have a direct relationship with someone, so they're your customer, for example, uh, you can email them without them necessarily having to um, say that they can. But if you've got some random lead out in the world somewhere, um, then you have to ask them. Um, or they have to give you permission to be able to send them email marketing messages. So right. um, you just need to make sure that um, you you're, you do have either that those those two levels of consent. Which um, I mean, there's plenty of plenty of stuff you can you can read, and I can send you maybe for the for the show notes, Tim, um, a quick resource for people to wrap their head around that um, that consent side of things as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Secondly, into well, secondly, thirdly, fourthly, list building. What about the idea of then buying a list? Do you? I've, uh, I've, is that a good idea? I've bought a list twice, and it was a complete waste of time. Um, I personally um, would never do it again. I more uh, because I take that uh, intimate approach to my email. So I'm getting, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll probably talk about stats later, but open rates that are three or four times industry benchmarks, mm-hmm. but very much because I'm taking priority in people's inboxes. So the prospect of going and buying a list, uh, it kind of horrifies me to, to, to yeah. be honest. And I do see a lot of that in bigger corporates where they'll share lists and um, buy lists and borrow lists and, and you know, they get open rates that um, – are just an embarrassment and they wonder why. And I go, well, because you're coughing up your own list to other people and like borrowing lists from other people. And it's just, you know, you're not thinking about the recipients, you're just thinking mm. about your own campaign. So, well, they're probably measuring it on how many emails they sent as opposed to how many emails got opened. Yeah. Oh, look, I think they're kind of swept up into in their own mediocrity, if I could say that. <laughs> um, how late are you, corporates listening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I come from a corporate background. I'm completely yeah, me too, me too. Um, but, but you know, they compare their own stats, and they're all very bad or yeah. horrifying. So they kind of <laughs> think that's okay, and then I go and share my campaign monitor stats with them, and they go, "Wow, yeah." Uh, you know, then we start to pull apart why, and it's a little shocking. So, and Shane, we need to move on from list. Sure. Well, gosh, I mean, it scares me. I mean, this is a full day interview potentially. Yes, it is. Um, one last question in terms of because the concept you've introduced, it's permission marketing, Seth's. Seth Godden's permission marketing, give to get. Yeah. Um, what you give, ebook, white paper, series of videos, audios, whatever it may be. What information, at its most basic, you've got to ask for it. Can I have your email address? Mm-hmm. Um, is there some kind of graph that says that more contact information you ask for, the less people are going to register? There is. I haven't. I haven't actually um, dug into the most recent statistics, but for for a long, long time that was reviewed at nauseum. Um, names sometimes a sacrifice sacrifice I'll make, but I've never asked for anything more than email and first name um, because the greater friction you put um, into you, you've got to remember you're asking someone to do something. 
So the more the more fields you have in your subscription box or however you're doing it, um, the bigger ask you're putting in front of a of a potential um, subscriber. So yeah, uh, I've I've really just worked from that rule of thumb, and it hasn't kind of let me down. But um, uh, first name does sometimes help with that intimacy and that personalization. So um, mm. depending on the project I'm working on, may drive that or not. Yeah, okay. The, the market research people tend to argue a lot with me around that. Um, but what I say to that is that I'll understand what my subscribers are interested in by what they do, not by what they say. So I'm looking at what links they're clicking on, what particular emails they're opening um, to help me understand those customers more than asking them, you know, where they're born and how old they are and mm-hmm. whether they like chocolate or not. Yeah, okay. I just had a thought. You're going to help me write the email for when this show goes out. Yeah, sounds good. I'd love to. I'd love, <laughs> love to. it. Yes, yes. I can. I can. I can stew on them a little bit, though. I've been known to to um, refine uh, three or four paragraph emails over the space of a couple of days. So. Oh, I can imagine, mate. It'd be it'd be fun to watch. In fact, if you could set up some kind of time lapse video as well, I think it'd make for uh, some comedic viewing. Yeah, it probably would. So, Shane, now listeners, I'm I'm talking to Shane Tilly from shanetilly.com. Um, he likes email now. We're on the mogul. We've got the platform. We've got the list. What else do we need to get over that mogul and get our first email marketing campaign sorted? Okay, so that's when you when we're talking about content. So we need to um, start thinking about what is it we're going to send to our subscribers. So um, there are, are a couple of important considerations you need to make. The first is probably your subject. Um, oh, yeah. Your subject can have... Um, a dramatic impact on whether your email gets opened or not. Yep. Now, a lot everyone's going to ask me, and I'm sure this is a question on Correct. Facebook, is like what um, subject should I use for my email? And I'm going to say you need to figure that out for yourself, but what you need to do is test, is test and review. So um, you can, um, in Campaign Monitor, for example, you can actually run a real-time test. So I can say... Um, I've got my email, here's my subject line A, here's my subject line B, send a couple of each and then automatically decide which one's getting opened the most and send the rest to that one. Uh, hang on, hang on, let me understand that. Um, you can yeah. put in, uh, so split test, I've got two subject lines, yep. send each of those lines to what, one person each? Oh, or you, you can, you can. Um, however many. However many, because you might only have a, you might only have a list of maybe a thousand. So yeah, right. You don't want so to. send it, send it to 20 each. Yep. And then once there's a winner, yep. um, send the balance of the emails with the winning subject line. And it'll all do it for you. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's been around for some time, and I've used that manually for for ten years because I know that um, you can you can have differences of of a hundred percent. They can be that significant in terms of whether you get opened or not. The second part to the content is actually thinking about the words you're putting in there. Now, hang on, hang on. You're not you're not leaving subject line that easily, oh, no. uh, mate. All right. I have got. I'm looking at the Facebook questions, uh, and I, I I've just gone straight there. And there's one from uh, Daryl. Subject line tips that help increase open rates. So there's got to be there's got you, you've got to give us three that are like I'm guessing. Should it be personal? Should it be curious? Should it be short? 
Should it avoid the word free? Come and give us something. All right. So I'm. Uh, it should be relatively short. Um, uh, sometimes you've got to break your own rules, but keep as short as possible. Um, I like to actually keep it very factual as well. So don't um, uh, don't uh, describe the subject as something the email's not, because that has different implications. The other the other thing is to um, make it enticing. So um, use words like uh, there's going to be some cliches in here but you know the secrets too or master or conquer or that sort of stuff um they're very much in your content-led emails so very, you know the short um description that's as powerful as you can make it think of yourself like you're uh, a newspaper sub-editor thinking of the headline for the front page of your newspaper for that morning what's the what's going to be the cry that's going to get people to buy my newspaper in this context read your email so no that's 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 really good advice and and one thing i say to my clients is if you are struggling for a headline like that for your email or for anything um, for a blog post go into the news agent have a look at men's health or clio yep. and look at those little headlines on the front cover cuz they ain't there by accident exactly exactly and there are people whose job title it is to yeah. make those up that's their job <laughs> that's what they do nothing more that's it um so yeah the same rules apply for email but it's it's yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one for me to answer because it is very situational. So, like the subject I would use for a butcher is very different to something I would use, say, for the um, the podcast announcement, for example. Yeah, gotcha. Right, oh, content. Body yeah, co- body copy, I suppose. All right, so um, <laughs> make it readable. Now that's a sweeping statement, but um, you want to realize that the majority of people reading your email um, are going to read, are going to skim read. They're going to read the headlines, they're going to read the bullet points, and then they're going to make a decision whether they're interested or not. So don't put huge chunks of text in your email mm-hmm. um, unless you know this is going to an audience that, you know, are, are, are book nerds and like to read, for example. So keep it, sh- keep it as short as you possibly can to communicate what it is you need to. And you might have just a call to action is to read more on the site that might be simply um you know we've just released this great white paper on um how to record great audio for your next podcast with some mind-blowing um factoids that you probably haven't realized were possible you know if you'd like to learn more click here um so that shifts them to your website to get them to read so um yeah keep it very um short and to the point the other thing i want to talk about is in content is html versus text oh yeah now well, let's just explain that, just in yeah. case. Just yep. that's that's geek talk. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, right. it's old geek talk, but geek talk. Yep. HTML, pretty pictures, links, um, flexible type format. Yeah. Text is exactly that: flat, yeah. static text. So I like to think brochure versus letter. Is HTML is brochure, letter is is text. Now, um, it's it's relatively common practice for retailers to do you know nice glossy glossy kind of brochures as their monthly newsletters, um, which I think is fine. Really, I, I do, with the exception that um, I never use them for specific sales emails or where I'm trying to go that personal approach. So I um, I use the example as um, when was the last time you sent a HTML email? I don't know if you're married, Tim, but I'm going to say your wife. Yeah, I am. Yeah, when was the last time you sent a glossy, fancy HTML email to your wife? Have you ever? 
She'd just think I was weirder than I am. Exactly. So you've got a very personal connection with your wife, I hope. Um, yeah. So you send her plain text. You send her letters. So if I'm a business trying to replicate even a fraction of what you have with your wife, sending you this glossy, shiny, magazine-y, billboard-y thing is not going to get that connection. So if I send you a personal letter and go, hey, Tim, super excited about this email marketing stuff. Like, you got to get on board. It's, like, fantastic. You know, check it out here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to get much more cut through than, you know, me doing like a nice box shot of something and it's, yeah. So um, I, I'm i the guy that always challenges the necessity for HTML email and and have been proven right more times than wrong when I've challenged people and say, do a HTML version and see what that does for your conversion rates. And um, it always wins. I can't help but think, and I haven't got any stats to back it up except my own personal consumer hat on experience. Yep. And I can't help but think that these fancy new e-newsletter type, brochure type emails we get yep. are driven by the fact that the email program from the company that has sent me that email allows them to create these bright, shiny objects that the guy in the marketing department can go to his boss and go, have a look at this beautiful email newsletter I've just created. Doesn't it look like a magazine? I I could not agree <laughs> with you anymore, Tim. That's pretty much spot on. It's oh, just- this is an, Shane, this is an email loving. I didn't <laughs> expect it because I'm not the kind of rational marketing guy like you. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, you, you, you might have changed me. Um, it's because but, you can, not because you should. And that's correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So now HTML still can look like a letter. Like I send the emails that I send from Small Business Big Marketing Headquarters are HTML, but they're just it's just text yes. with links. Yes, and and that's a that's a fine compromise. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's it's called rich text is the is the nerdy word for it. But I mm-hmm. think um, yeah, that's that's kind of the happy medium and and where I sit maybe on let's say fifty percent of the emails that I send. Um, the rest would be plain text only with no styling whatsoever. So are we at the point of being able to say then, Shane, that any small business owner that's listening, that is doing email marketing, that's thinking of doing email marketing, they're going to go and sit and send an email after this episode, hopefully, and if it's a newsletter with updates from the business or if it's them selling a particular program or product Mm -hmm. or service, then Mm -hmm. they really should just sit there cogitate yep. over a really clever bit of letter writing yes. and do it that way. Don't worry about pretty pictures. Don't worry about design layout. Don't yep. worry about logo. Yep. Just send right. me it. So I would say everyone who's giving this a go, just imagine you're writing a letter to Tim. He's the only person that's going to receive yeah. that letter yeah. and you are writing an email to him. Write it in your own email system before you bring it into something like Campaign Monitor if you want, um, but just pretend and imagine that you're writing to Tim. And when then- you say Tim, I, I actually you don't mean literally me, but you mean I, I always say to people, write your marketing as if you're writing to your, I call them your best mate, but your yes. ideal customer. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're just writing for one person and then you can bring it into your into your broadcast system. Yep. Now, with the content, am I right in saying that you want that email opened and then you want people to click on a link in that email and get them off to your website as soon as humanly possible? 
yeah, in most cases, in ninety five percent of cases, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. I might we'll be stick with that. I might be building in. In this is more in the complex form. I might be building you up for something. So yep. I just might be sending you tidbits to kind of get you excited. I'm not ready to ask you to do anything yet. I just want you on board. So when I do ask you, it's kind of a no brainer. Um, that's that's more kind of that autoresponder that that elongated kind of sales funnel process. But yeah, right. Um, for the most part, starting out, it's just. Either get them onto on the site to give them more value, or get them on the site to to get them to do something for you. Okay, so if it is an email newsletter format that the, the people are sending, mm-hmm. the email should really say, "Hey guys, you know, here's what's happening in the business that's of benefit to you," and list the three or four or five topics that you're going to cover in that newsletter. Yep. Click here to read all about it and head off to a page, one page on your website where you cover all those topics. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's what I would do. So um, you touched on something that I'll, that, I'll, that I'll just grab of benefit to your reader. So you've got to remember that that you're you're giving value to your reader. So make sure it is stuff that's of benefit to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they want to care about how excited you are about the shiny new purple reception desk mm-hmm. you've got. Well, some nah. people would, but um, here's a great new addition to our product that we thought you might be keen to understand a little more about. Yeah. So it's it's a benefit and value to your reader, not yourself. Yeah, good point. That that shiny. Purple reception desk. God, gee, it's a distraction. <laughs> it is. It is. Now, um, okay, so we've got them to the website. Now, um, the other thing I uh, dropped previously was that notion of a number of topics within the email. Would mm-hmm. I be fair to say that you're better off sticking to one message per email? Yes. I, I um, Particularly in, in sales email, I tend to focus on just one product. If it's to buy something, it's like buy this one thingy. I'm not going to confuse, confuse you with a million different things. What I will use multi-topic email for, though, is to understand what you're interested in. So say I'm selling TVs. I'm going to, I'm going to before I ask you to buy a TV, I'm going to send you um, some content which is all about Jamungo flat screen TVs, or it might be um, t- uh, TV screens for my car. It might, you know, there'll be a bunch of different topics. I will then go, Tim, what did you click? Okay, you clicked the more information about TVs in your car. So I know that's what you're interested in. So a week later, I'm going to send you a special deal on a particular new model TV for your car. Um, so I'm actually using those grouped posts to understand a little bit more about what you're interested in. And then when I ask you to buy something, I'm asking you to buy one thing, not not one of 20. Um, yeah, so that's the approach I take with that. All right. Uh, Shane, what about uh, in terms of body copy or content, video or audio within the email? I, I have actually never sent video or audio in an email. Um, I, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I can't answer because I've never sent one. So I can't give you the comparable statistics. Uh, I've sent links to videos. I've sent, um, kind of tricky emails where I've got just the picture of what looks like a YouTube video with the play button, but you click on that and it actually takes you to the site. Um, but that's as far as I've got. I, I worry about, um, being that pain in the ass that's stopping all my other emails coming through because yeah, yeah. it's bloody 20 meg. Um, you know, 20 meg large. So I always worry about being that guy. And so Precious is you valuing my email. I don't want to put that at risk. So I've always just been a little hesitant about that 
that rich media inclusion directly in that in that email. How many links in a, in the copy? Uh, yeah, um, I'd say make sure if you're ask again if you're asking someone to do something, make sure it's at the top, middle, and bottom. Huh? Um, top, middle, and bottom, righto. The one that gets missed the, 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 the same link, the linking off to the same place, but yeah, three times. Yeah, yeah. So say um, you know I'm selling you this TV, I would say you know great deal on this TV. Here's the the one factoid. It's twenty percent off. Grab it here, and then I might give you a bit more of the tech specs of the of the um, of the TV, and then I'll have a you know grab it here, and then right at the bottom I'll I'll have a final one as well. So yeah, the one up the top is the one that often gets missed, but the one up the top is the one that most often gets clicked when you put it there, mm-hmm. because most people skim read and go, oh wow, twenty percent off this TV that I've wanted for my car for ages. I'm done. I'm out of here. Don't waste my time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is the anchor text in those links? Oh, well, it is important. I'm guessing. Should it be different each time? Um, yeah, I tend to spice it up and just so it doesn't look like I'm sticking those links in just because I should. I try and weave them into, you know, to snap up a copy, click here and down the bottom I'm is, you know, don't forget the special offer runs out uh, in two days, click here to, to, to secure yours or something like that. So I'll, I'll get creative with that just to look um, consistent. Do you love a good PS, Shane? I love a good PS. Do you? I, I, actually, I actually fought PSs for about three years and go, yeah. I, I kind of horrified me a bit. And then um, I got challenged. I said, all right, yeah. um, we'll do your way and we'll do my way with the PS and the PS1. So I love the PS. Wow. I, How's the PS best used? Uh, it is either for a final point of note, um, so it might be that little little kicker. So if you've got a money back guarantee, or if you've got a time limited promotion, uh, you just might make that. It's like that final remark in yeah, the yeah, conversation, yeah. Uh, and and everyone for some reason, and I'm no psychologist. It's like orange buttons gravitates to the PS, and I'm I'm just not sure why, but yeah, I. Right. I, I for for probably nine of the ten emails I sent, nine of them will have a PS. Mm. Uh, I haven't stepped into the whole PPS and PPPS <laughs> yet, but um, you know, PSs are definitely something you can just you can just leverage for that final 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 word. I often confuse. Is it PSS or PPS or yeah? It's it's. It, I just leave it at the one, so I don't even have to worry about that. Just put my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Tell me, what about layout? Because if, if we are talking a letter layout, I often see emails come through where people are doing returns halfway along the line. They're kind of narrow column versus running the width of the space. What is there any magic there? Yeah, there, there is, but it's kind of changing, to be honest. And this is with the bloody mobile phones being email devices now. You've really got to be cautious about not only how it's read, um, on a computer, but also on a mobile phone these days. So um, we used to do hard carriage returns at 100, 130 characters, I think it is, um, just to make sure that it looked nice in your um, Windows Outlook that has the split window. So you've got all your folders on the left-hand side and then all your email content on the right-hand side. It used to be done for that. But I guess um, now with emails, it's all kind of up in the air. Uh, so I tend to limit those hard carriage returns or, or when you hit enter to break a line before you get to the end as much as possible because it kind of looks kooky on on mobile phones. The same with your, and if you do want to do the HTML emails as well, is if you've got that big wide banner 
which I think used to be 760 pixels wide, which is quite wide, um, if you are still using that and you're opening that email on a mobile phone, the text is so tiny because it's trying to fit that header image in that as well. So you've got to, you're forcing people to zoom in. Oh, is that why that happens? That drives yeah, me nuts. Yeah, yeah, it drives me nuts. So um, there's some some good templates that the good providers have that are now what they're calling mobile friendly, which um, avoids that, you know, tiny text in those um, fancy emails. So let, sorry, let, let me understand that because I got yep. one yesterday and I just could not read it. No matter yep. how much I pinched and squeezed and whatever the opposite of pinching is, yep. um, there's it's when the email, the content of the email has got a banner in it, yep. like a signature panel or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that is forcing the width of the screen way beyond the um, the aspect of the phone screen. Correct, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it goes, you've said, because it's, it's, it's an image, so it's going, this is a picture of something. So I want to get by default the whole picture in my screen, which makes yeah. the rest of it really tiny. Love it. Got that one. Now, okay, we've got to keep moving. Um, are we have we covered content? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as much as we can. Oh goodness me! Email marketing so, so easy. So the other thing I will touch on content yeah. is to is to test as well. Just as you do your um your subject lines, you can test your content as well. So you know, don't take my word for it with um HTML versus plain text. Run a test yourself. Do an email to your thousand subscribers, five hundred HTML, five hundred plain text, and see which one works. Shane, we're taking your word for it, mate. Ah, sorry. Sorry, go to shanetilly.com if you want to complain, listeners. <laughs> um, now, the mogul is melting. We've got platform, we've got list, we've covered content. Mm-hmm. Anything else that makes up that mogul? Um, well, we've got um, the, the testing, which I've kind of harped on um, all the way through it. The other thing you need to think about is how many and when. So when are you sending your emails and how often? Oh, Wow. Just to, just to simplify things for you. Yeah, go on. So, again, when we talk about when, I talk about what day and what time of the day. And this is very dependent to your audience. So if you're um, SMB, you're working working mostly with businesses, then during business hours is likely to be a better time of uh, – business hours Monday to Friday is likely to be a better time. But if you're selling lifestyle products, uh, maybe clothes or or different sorts of services to a general consumer, then sending it out of work hours might be a better time. Now, I'll tend to fixate on the specific hour, so I know. Uh, of course, you would. <laughs> I know <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I've got a product that there's a high density of mums, for example, I won't send it between school pickup hours. So you're three. I won't send it between sort of three to six. I'll more introduce that at 7 p.m. or at sort of 11 a.m. when, you know, the kids are at school. So I've really got to think about who are my who are my readers and when is the best time um, and day of the week to be sending them the email. Now, that's based on the assumption that you're sending an email uh, and hoping they open it immediately. But email stacks up. So what's the problem with sending an email anytime knowing that it's going to sit in the inbox until they next login so i'm trying to time it when they're most likely to just to have just logged in because i want to be at the top of the pile if i'm at the bottom of the pile then i'm likely to get deleted fairly quickly but i'm the first one when you've got all this energy to check your inbox that's where i want to be so that's where timing's important so not be the the guy stuck in the middle or at the bottom of a pile of emails that have built up over the last you know five six hours 
So B2B during business hours, Monday to Friday, B2C um, out of hours, but... Not necessarily. You need to you need to play around B2C. B2C yeah. is a little more unique to the product and you play with different times. You figure it out over time. I, uh, I also challenge that too because I just find like the idea of timing emails is just you know, like, wow, it's fraught with danger and like it's such a general thing. I mean, not everyone's the same, but I... Everyone's checking their emails so often these days, you know, in and out of hours. Does it really matter? If I'm asking you to buy something or do something, then it does matter because I need you to be in a position to buy something. If I'm sending you my, hey, this cool new widget is awesome and it's 50% off, go and get it now. Some people are very comfortable at buying things through their mobile phones. You probably are, but a lot of people still aren't. So they're going to want to receive that email when they're sitting down in front of their computer and can go and do that then and there. Yep. Um, so, uh, again, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to accept any challenge on that because what I say to everyone is you need to experiment with different times and find what works what works for you. But I, I, I do know that um, there are nuances and they can have a, an impact to your overall result. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. How often? People say, how often do you, should you send out a podcast episode? My answer to that is, well, set an expectation with your audience and meet it. That's how often. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do a podcast episode a month, let people know it's gonna come out a month. For me, mm-hmm. my my show comes out every Tuesday. Yep. And there's an expectation. So is there is there really a number that you can put to it? A so frequency? With the, yeah. So with the right expectations, how, how often you've just answered that question beautifully. With one caveat is don't leave your gaps too wide. So um, a month is probably the longest I would like to go without just touching base with your customers because mm-hmm. they'll forget and they'll get distracted. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're emailing once every three months, um, I, I'd be pretty sure that a lot of them that that email that comes once every three months is kind of out of the blue and they go who who the hell is this company and when did I sign up to their newsletter? So if you're going at least once a month, once a month you're reminding them if they're not even reading them, that you're around and yeah. they know who you are. So don't leave the gaps too too wide or people will consider you to be a spammer. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. But how, like, I've, I've got sites that I email people every day. I've got sites that I email once a week, um, twice a week. So there's no hard and fast rule. But as you said um, perfectly, as long as you set the expectations right. What's with the, I mean, no need to go into detail on a site that has a daily email, but how do you... How, that's a lot. That's a lot. What's the question there? The question that, is, how do you avoid unsubscription? Well, that's a that's actually a daily deal site for photographers. Ah. So people signing up for it, and the expectations are right. Yep. Yeah. So that's yep. that's why that's that's fine. Um, yeah. So that's probably the only one that I do daily. There's some great um, there's some great examples that I was even hearing on the radio about uh, um, programs that run daily. So you might you might sign up for a daily tip on how to be better with your time management, and each day you'll get an email which is purely um, just a little little tip for you to read to go. Well, try this technique. I guarantee you, at the end of that, let's say it's a three week program, you're going to get an email that says, "How about you buy this product?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's an example of when a daily email might work in a different context as well. All about expectations. Yes. Shane, where are we at, mate? Are we over the mogul? We are over the mogul. Um, we've hopefully kind of opened your eyes and you've fired off your first campaign and you're kind of thinking thinking through it. Um, the best thing then is to really um, be able to dig in and understand what's happening um, so you can readjust and just redefine your strategy to find what's perfect for you. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, I feel as though uh, there's some breakthroughs there. There's some real little nuggets, little little marketing gems that all of us can take yep. to either launch into an email marketing strategy or improve the one we've got because I bet there's all of us are thinking, God, oh, there's room for improvement. And yeah. There's some yep. gems there. So the, the, can, I, can I leave my PS? I've got a PS. Yeah, yeah I love it. Here it is. <laughs> what so- do you got? P.S. Probably the most important thing when you're thinking about your own email marketing is to think at a reader level, not at a campaign level. What I find is people come up with these great campaigns and they just forget that there are real readers and subscribers underneath that you need to be thinking of. So if you're thinking at a reader level, not a campaign level, um, then your email campaigns are going to be much better for it. Let me understand the difference between thinking at a reader level. Is that like thinking of your best mate and writing them a letter? Yes. Versus what? What's the, what's the thinking look like at campaign level? Well, it's just um, the deal, the offer. More, you know, if a deal goes well, we give them another deal, and we just sort of inundate them and and burn them out. Um, so if you're thinking, so and it and it's it's. Um, more um, worrisome in larger companies that have different marketing campaigns that are all trying to talk to the same person. So, you know, they're thinking at their own campaign level, not that, you know, the same reader has received four emails this week from different divisions of your organisation. Do you think there's value in appointing a copywriter to your virtual marketing team to write these emails? <laughs> I, 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 all the copywriters I've worked for over the years are going to like probably slap me over the face when I say this, but I got a bit of advice from a very smart guy a long time ago saying, write your email, send it to a copywriter, and then change all the changes they make back to your your original one and send it out. <laughs> um, Hello to all you copywriters. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so I've worked in, in a good sense with a lot of copywriters. I do um, I do find you're the best person to write your own email. Oh, thank you. Oh, you mean generally. Yeah, yeah. Generally. Um, <laughs> but I tend to leverage um, copywriters just to help me massage it, but I don't get them to write it from scratch. So I use more editors than copywriters, I would say. Okay, editor. Righto. Yeah. Where yeah. do you find an editor? Um, oh, I just go to my you contact mean. list and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, look, you, you go to you, I, I you'll find a handful of people that you connect really well with in an editor sense. So I think you can't just go to Elance and find the first one that comes across your radar. You've actually got to find someone who you can connect with, who can understand what it is you're trying to say in your j- gibberish that you've put together <laughs> and then kind of re-communicate that still in your own voice. So um, it can take time to find an editor that you really um, can work with in a long-term sense. So um, experiment with a few different ones. Um, using Elance and other sort of recruitment areas. But, yeah, once you find someone who you can connect with well, then kind of get just continue to use them. Now, Shane, mate, you've shared some gold. Firstly, thank you. No worries. <laughs> I just think if you could find a little bit more passion around email, you know, yeah. it would come through clearer in the next interview you do. Boring. <laughs> I'm loath to it. <laughs> now, What we haven't done, and I'm just looking guiltily at 19 questions on the show's Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. But that said, um, now's not the time to go through and tick off the ones we have answered, but I do feel as though we have answered quite a lot of them. What I'm going to do is talk to you off air, and then I'm going to insert some static, a static sound effect, and after that, I'm going to then explain to the listeners exactly uh, how they're going to get access to those questions that they've asked. Uh, and in fact, I've got a couple of other ideas because I don't think the email marketing 
discussion has finished with you no. and uh, you'd be welcome back into the small business big marketing headquarters to uh, to pursue it if you've got the time and you can find the passion, mate. Sounds, sounds, sounds like fun. You don't have to work too hard to get me to rant about emails. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, all right, buddy. Shane Tilly from shanetilly.com. Thanks for being on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. That right there was Shane Tilly, email marketer extraordinaire. I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm exhausted. There was a lot of marketing ground covered there. I'm not even going to share my top three learnings from that, A, because we've gone way over time, B, because I'm sure you've taken a mountain of notes. I hope you enjoyed it. As I said, uh, Shane is going to go back and answer any listener questions that weren't covered in that interview. He's also going to do an over-the-shoulder look at my email marketing strategy for small business big marketing. I'm going to post both those things in the Small Business Big Marketing Forum over the coming weeks, and you can access them by simply joining the forum. It's 49 bucks. Right now, it's 49 bucks a month, and I'm in there every day answering listener questions, answering, just joining the marketing conversation, basically. Go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, click on the forum banner, or hit the products page, and you can access it there. Upcoming guests, guys. Daniel from Thank You Water. We've got Heather Smith, business author extraordinaire. I've got a funny business episode with Andrew Griffiths coming up. I have got a fellow Alan Dick from Vintage Tub, one of the uh, top 500 online retailers in the United States of America, and so, so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe. Have a great week. See you next week. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.